Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Seems Like Diet Culture podcast. I am your host and registered dietitian, Mallory Page, and I'm so freaking excited that you are here. If you're new to the podcast, this is a space where we go through all that nutrition and wellness information out there that you hear about, and I give you the no BS answer on if it is actually legit or not. So imagine you're scrolling through Instagram and you see something and you think to yourself, "Mm, this seems like diet culture, and I'm just that little bird on your shoulder telling you, yeah, it does. That's the premise of this pod, but today's episode is a little bit different because I am so... What's a good word for this? Nosy. (laughs) And I really love to know the backstory behind people and why they do what they do, what made them passionate about it, what got them interested in it. And I realized that starting the podcast, I felt like it made a lot of sense to do this with you guys and just share a little bit of my journey. Now, complete candidacy can't to be completely candid, I was just trying to make up a word there, which I do like to do. I am literally recording this, which is exactly 32 minutes until another meeting. And so I'm going to have to keep it short and snappy. Oh, wow. Am I an ASMR podcast? (laughs) That was actually quite satisfying. But that's honestly the best type of story because who wants to listen to a background that just goes on and on and on? I actually want you guys to feel like as you're going through this, you can think to yourself, okay, I resonate with this or wow, I can see what I need to do from this journey or you have these actionable takeaways basically is what I'm trying to say. It's not just me going on and on and on and on about myself, although it is more personal than I usually even get. And so if you have been following me for a long time and you feel like you haven't really gotten that full personal element of my journey, although I feel like I'm very open online, this is the place that it's going to be happening. But without further ado, let's just dive in. We don't have time to chat and chat forever as I go into literally chatting forever on a podcast. I'm going to give you a little bit of a timeline, basically, give you years, ages to go along with this and just explain what my relationship has been like with food, exercise, body image, my ED, my mental health, all of the stuff, and then also at the end, give you the next steps of what I did to work through that. Spoiler alert, there are a lot of things on my journey that are unconventional, things that I feel a little bit embarrassed about, things that I wish I would have maybe done differently. I mean, I try not to have regrets, but I can see areas where my life would have changed if I had made different decisions. And I'm going to be really candid and honest. This isn't this like beautiful journey that all happened so quote unquote perfectly. And I do want to say there will be short mention of obviously an eating disorder, um, kind of some mental health, very serious mental health challenges, and then also sexual trauma but I'm not going in depth in any of those. I'm just briefly mentioning them, but I at least wanted to give that kind of warning to anybody that may be concerned. Now let's do it. So let's start with 1997, baby, up to 2008. That is from age zero to 11. (laughs) For those of you that don't know my age, I am 24, about to turn 25, which is kind of scary. Let's, I mean, I know I'm not really a lifestyle podcast, but I feel like if I was, I could do a whole conversation about turning 25 and these significant ages. But growing up at this time, I I honestly had a very healthy relationship with food. 
and exercise and even my body. I was really active and I kind of did a mix of all things. I grew up in Colorado in a suburb outside of Boulder. And if you know anything about Colorado, it's very, very health. I would say health conscious, but even borderline health obsessed. Now my suburb, suburb, it's called Longmont, Colorado, was a little bit less that way than if you were in Boulder, but it's still very present. But even amongst that, and although my family focused focused on nourishing meals and stuff, it never felt obsessive for me. And I was very lucky, honestly. My parents really did model quite good relationships with food, just like anybody else. You know, they had times where they didn't feel as confident or they would say something, but they did a really, really good job of not being forceful with things, not doing like the clean plate club or really just like instilling a bad relationship with food. You know, they kept more nourishing things in our house, but we also had a lot of balance and they never shamed me for eating any type of food, which I'm incredibly grateful for. So this doesn't stem back a lot to childhood for me, but I know that's very different for different people. And when I say it doesn't stem back to childhood, I mean in the sense that it didn't come back to my parents' relationship, whereas many people have that or my parents' relationship with food. So Then we go into our next era here. We're making a big jump all the way from 2009 to 2011. So for me, this was age 12 to 14. First of all, can we just say such a weird time in life? (laughs) Like so weird. I don't know. I just middle school is so awkward. And I definitely struggled to find my place in middle school. And Honestly, I struggle to even say that because I was very lucky to have friends and I was very, you know, I looked very socially acceptable and and I didn't have all these barriers that other people have, but there were choices I made and, and experiences I had with friends that were challenging, just like any other middle schooler. There were times I got bullied and made fun of and that did really impact me. And this was the first time when I started to notice that body image was something I struggled some with. I struggled with some. If you guys listen to the other episode, you know I kind of mix around the words sometimes. I remember looking in the mirror and thinking about all these different parts of my body or my face that I wished I could change if I had the choice. But I wasn't acting on it. It wasn't like I was thinking about that and then deciding, oh, because I feel this way, I'm going to do this with food or with exercise. You know what I mean? It was much more separated at the time. It was just this overall acknowledgement. I'm not feeling super happy. And I do just want to mention here, which I could mention throughout the entire podcast, and maybe I should just make an overarching disclaimer right now. I am so incredibly lucky to have thin privilege and to be a white woman that has much more ease as I go through my upbringing in society in, in comparison to many people, I was in a very well-off, <clears throat> I would say comfortable family, and I was just very, very blessed. And it's so critical to acknowledge those things because those are such big impacts. They can make such a big impact for other people. So I will just say that now and keep that in mind throughout every single thing I say. This is just my experience and everyone's experience is valid, even though there are some that are even more challenging and have more going against them from the start. Also, if you listen to the first episode as well and the episodes that you're going to have to come, 
I'm not always as well-spoken as I want to be. Like, I sometimes feel like there's little things where I feel like, oh, I can say that better. But you know what? I'm working on this perfectionistic mindset. So I'm just going to keep going. I want this to be like an open chat. Like if me and you were sitting down talking through my journey. So let's dive freaking back into it. Now, 2012, this is where things started to get a little dicey. This was age 15. And I will say, just like many mother and daughters out there, I was having quite a hard time just getting along with my parents. And I was in high school, so that was a big transition, right? And I, for the first time, had a break from athletics. I grew up as a very athletic kid. I always did sports. And that takes a whole new meaning when you're in high school, I feel like. So I did volleyball and I ran track. And in between volleyball and track, there was a break. And after maybe a month or so, I noticed that my body started to change. And when I look back on this, I wonder if it really even did or if I really just was thinking way too much into it. But regardless, I noticed that it changed and I freaked out. I lost it. I remember my boyfriend at the time, I was sitting in the hot tub with him. This is, that sounds so intimate. We, like, it wasn't that weird. We were literally just sitting out there because it was like my house. Okay. Anyways, I can't, I can't come back from it now. Anyways, we were sitting there and I remember looking down and having this realization and I lost it. And he, of course, was like, you look fine. Like, I have no idea what you're saying, which to me shows that there was probably no change. But from that point on, I was like, I have to go back to the gym. And I started over-exercising. I was obsessed with every single cardio machine. And I had no idea what I was doing either. So I was not taking care of my body. Not that, you know, going to the gym can be taking care of your body and it can also be very harmful. But even the way that I was moving, it wasn't for good reason. It was all centered around physique and this weight loss and all of that stuff. And I was also just very comparative to everybody else, which is so normal as a woman, right? Especially in high school. But that drove so much of that desire and need to go. I won't say the specifics of how much time I was spending doing this, but it was ridiculous. And I didn't think about food really in this way, but I did start to be much more critical. And I started making what I thought to be were these changes. Now, at the time, I wouldn't really say there was actually much that was changing. I still remember every single time after I went to the gym, I would go grab my um, cake pop from Starbucks. God, those are so freaking good. And those huge venti shaken teas. Or no, I got the Trenta teas. So I wasn't allowing it to affect me in the sense of not having things that I enjoyed or anything like that, but it just wasn't, it wasn't good. And I started to really have a lot of guilt too, if I would ever take a rest day or anything along those lines. So I feel like that kind of progressed until around age 16, 17-ish. I actually think it was 17. It's hard because I don't always know the exact times and dates and all of that. So keep that in mind too, as I'm going through this, this can be like a little bit of like a rough estimate. This may not be exactly the dates for everything. 
especially with my journey, it's like a lot of stuff happens in between the lines. But this is when stuff hit the fan. So my trainer at the time, my athletic trainer, this was outside of school, asked me to write down everything that I was eating to just observe how healthy I was, I'm assuming. He just wanted me to see how fuel affected my athletic performance. That from here, it really became a spiral. I do think this actually was when I was 16. Yeah. So it would have been 16 right before I turned 17. So it went from me just paper tracking to then my fitness pal, just putting food in there just to see, to then my fitness pal with calories, to macros, to obsessing about ingredients. And next thing you know, I wasn't restricting amounts per se, but I just kept taking more and more and more and more foods out. And I still had some flexibility with this at first, where it was just more being knowledgeable about how it made me feel and all this stuff. But then next thing you know, there was no flexibility there. And exercise also wasn't any better. I I was kind of going in between just training and going in between sports. And the problem was I was getting so much praise from coaches, teachers, friends for being so quote-unquote healthy and disciplined. But I also got made fun of too from people saying, oh my gosh, this is so ridiculous that you like pack your lunch or that you bring these certain foods. So it felt very weird because I think I got very defensive over people telling me that what I was doing was wrong. And I also felt in a weird way very proud based off the people that was tell- were telling me I was doing something right. So coupling this with just having a very challenging kind of there were others there were other things going on in my life and with my mental health at the time that were were quite challenging and when you combined this and the relationship with food it was just the perfect storm and i spiraled with it i will mention too that at this time around age 18 right when i'm graduating I had been making a lot of food for my family. I had done a lot of grocery shopping, you know, and I was also losing my sports. I had a really bad performance my senior year in school, which if you are an past athlete, you know, even if you don't really think you can make it to the next stage, it's still hard because it's so much of your identity, you know? It's it's so much of what you feel like makes you who you are. And it just really started to weigh on me that I didn't have this purpose anymore, especially as I graduated and was going into college. I forgot to mention as well that when I was around 17, I decided that I wanted to become a dietitian. So, At the time, I felt like this was because I really cared about helping people, which I do. I always have wanted to help people and that I wanted to help people eat healthier. But what I've realized now is it wasn't necessarily out of good reason. Felt like it was this just over 
obsession with food, which I actually think is very common, sadly, with a lot of dietetics and dietitians, and that's why you see so much disordered eating in, in these spaces. But going into college, I was really excited. If you didn't know, I went to University of Arizona. I absolutely loved my experience at the school. But my freshman year of college was tough for my relationship with food and body image and exercise. I would say in some ways this was the worst it ever got, but it wasn't the most it ever affected me, if that makes sense. So this was when I had no flexibility around food anymore, and I was full-blown orthorexia and exercise obsession. Just the amount of things that I would have was so low, and if you didn't know, which many of you probably don't, I used to have a quote-unquote healthy recipe, which why do recipes need to have healthy in front of them? They're just recipes, but had a healthy recipe account, and it made it even easier to just mask everything I was doing in college as normal. Plus, these people didn't know me, so they just thought, oh, she's so fit, she's so healthy, and people were so just, they admired it so much, and yet I just didn't even want to recognize how unhealthy it was, and the way that I was working out and the way that I was eating and I missed out on so many experiences. Like this is a stuff that actually like hurts me in my soul. Like it hurts when I say this of how much this impacted my freshman year. I was so lucky because I had the most incredible roommates. I say roommates because I had one roommate, but then our other friend that lived with us was basically a roommate as well. And they were the best friends I could have ever asked for. I'm still friends with them now. And I don't even know what I would have done without them. But it just, and I had a lot of other amazing friends too. I'm just saying it because they were in my dorm, it helped so much because my entire tendency was to isolate. And I never went out. If I did go out, I wasn't drinking. And let's talk about it. Like, yes, it's okay not to drink, but I wasn't doing it for the right reasons at all. I was doing it for the wrong reasons. I was doing it because I thought, oh my gosh, I can't do this because this is going to ruin my training and this is going to make me gain weight and this is going to ruin my progress and my muscle gain and blah, 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 which I was obsessed with physique. I was following all these freaking fitness accounts. Do you remember the ones that would post the disgusting like days of eating? I talked about this in a, my the podcast episode that's coming out next week that you'll hear. Oh, and I was living this way as a college student. I was making every single meal in my dorm and it was just wild. And I was unhappy, but I just didn't want to realize that. And so that really went on my entire freshman year and even my sophomore or the freshman year summer going into my sophomore year. And I remember one of the times where I started to question it was when I was walking up the stairs to one of my Kim labs. And everyone was passing me on my left side because I was going so slow, because I was so exhausted that I genuinely did not feel like I could make it up to the third floor. And just like thinking about that makes me have so much sympathy and just like makes my heart ache for myself. Little Mallory. So... 2016 to 2018, I kind of lumped these together because, wow, let me just tell you, (laughs) all the times that I did not go out to my freshman year, I made up for my sophomore and junior year sixfold. If you don't know, U of A is a huge party school, and 
I really just, I think, got fed up with this restriction. Funny story. So I actually first broke all these rules when I went to Vegas on a weekender. So if, if you went to U of A, you know, we go to Vegas for our weekenders. We take these buses. It's like, I think it's like eight hour drive. I went with this this boy, if he's watching or if he's listening, he'll know exactly who he is. He's the best. <laughs> we went as friends. And I remember we woke up after being at a day party all day and we had overslept. It was like 9 p.m. But that's the start of the night, you know, or I think it was like 11 p.m. sometime. So we missed our dinner reservation and we were like, oh my gosh, we need to get food. And he basically said, oh my, well, we just need to go get pizza from across the street. Like we could see it across the street from our, our hotel. And so I was freaking out, but we weren't close enough friends where I would have said something. And I also was like, oh my God, I just don't even care. Like I'm in Vegas, let's just do it. And I remember I was having pizza for the first time in years, literal years. And this guy walked by and he said, oh my gosh, you look like you're loving that pizza. That's the best thing you put in your mouth in years. And I was like, no, it literally is though. <laughs> it literally is. So thank you to uh, my my good old friend. If <laughs> I don't know why he would listen to this. But anyways, moving forward. So that really started the whole cycle of me just not wanting to be in this space anymore. I was just like, I can't do this. But the problem was, you know, I wouldn't, I, I really fell in then to the binge and restrict cycle. So it'd be like during the week, I was fine, quote unquote, only allowing myself to have these certain foods, blah, blah, blah. I was still binging on quote unquote healthy foods, foods that I thought were healthy. But then on the weekends or on the days that we went out, it would just be insane. And I would be eating everything that I couldn't eat. I would eat it in so like in these huge amounts I remember this one time, oh my gosh, this story like literally makes me feel emotional because it was like so, I don't know why it's making me emotional. I feel like this was just such a hard time in my life. Like being in the binge and restrict cycle, every cycle of disordered eating is tough, but the binge and restrict cycle, it, it weighs on you. And I remember this time I felt like I had been waiting all week to like have these foods that I wasn't allowing myself. And we went and picked up this pizza, me and my other friend. These were my best friends at the time. And we got wine and we went up to eat it. And we got these like two large pizzas. And I finished the large pizza by myself in like, no joke, like seven minutes. And it's not that I ate a whole large pizza. And I'm talking huge pizzas. It's not that I ate it. Like, there's been times where I've eaten pizzas completely by myself before. That's great. Like, listen to your hunger. But it was the fact that I felt so much shame around eating it that I thought I had to eat it so fast and I had to be drinking to do it. And I remember I was just sitting in bed that night texting Brian. This was, this was the, my junior year when we had started talking. And I was just devastated because I felt so horrible And I was like, I just want to do anything to get this out of my body. And luckily, I never acted on that feeling. But God, that's so hard. It's so hard. That feeling is awful. And so that continued for so long. And it didn't help that from my sophomore year going into my junior year, I had another situation of sexual trauma that I feel like really triggered everything to an extreme. And I'm kind of jumbling these times around, so I'm sorry that they're not as succinct. And and it capitalized on other times I had had in my life that I had experienced this. 
and this is when just like my mental health was just crushing me because I wanted to seem so quote unquote perfect on the outside, which perfection doesn't even exist, right? Wanted to get the perfect grades and have the best friends and socialize and still work because I was still working a full-time job while I was doing all these units. I don't like doing all that comparison stuff because it's like, mm, look at me. That's not what I mean at all. But, you know, I was doing all of these things and yet it felt like I was so miserable on the inside and I just couldn't tell anyone because your ED always wants you to be isolated. Like they never want you to tell anybody what you're feeling. You know what I mean? Oh, this time of my life, just thinking about it, thinking about anyone that has gone through anything remotely like this, it just, it makes me just want to give you a big hug. So here's the thing. At around age 20, it would have been my junior year, I hit the breaking point. And here's the thing that I haven't mentioned. I should have been getting help literally in high school, right when this started, a few months in. But I was in so much denial. And by my sophomore, maybe junior year, honestly, I would say junior year, is when I started to realize that I needed help. Actually, it was between my sophomore and junior year when I had that experience. Oh, oh my gosh, that's my dog. Hold on, hold on. I'm sorry, but we are on a time crunch, so we're going to have to keep going. I'm sorry you had to hear Milo. But it was when I went on this abroad trip, and I had so much freedom this abroad trip. I was eating everything. I was still struggling a lot with body image, but I felt so free, so happy, having all the foods, came back, absolutely relapsed. Only time I feel like I've ever truly relapsed to such an extreme, and it was horrible. It was horrible. And so yeah, then going into that junior year, this is when I was hitting the breaking point. I was having debilitating panic attacks every single day. My mental health was so low, and I was just really questioning why was I here? Like, what was my purpose as a person? And, and I just did not want to look at my relationship with food. I was just drinking and binging to just numb myself over and over and over again. I hadn't cried at this point in like two years, which just shows you like how much all these emotions I had been bottling up. And then something just changed. Well, no, I should say hit rock bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go, I had to leave school for over a week and go into the hospital and run all these extensive tests. And I even, I've never said this before, I had to withdraw from one of my classes late. Luckily, they let me just take the W on it because I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And I was so embarrassed honestly. I was just so embarrassed about where I had gotten to, and I just wouldn't tell anyone except for my partner and my really close friend at the time. And I felt like this was the first time that I was like, yeah, I actually really need help. But I kind of avoided it still until the summer going into my senior year of college. So I was doing an internship at the time, and it was just a really good environment for me Everyone there was so wonderful. I worked at Exos and that place is just so great and such an uplifting place to be in. I would say I started to improve my relationship with exercise a lot and I started to have more freedom. I allowed myself 
to just slowly start to incorporate foods. And I was actually seeing a therapist from school that was, that was from school and that was helping a lot to just have someone to talk to. And I felt like for the first time I was really making strides in my recovery and I actually wanted to do it. I was meditating every day and I was journaling and I was doing things for me, spending less time off my phone. I significantly reduced my drinking and I remember that that was the first summer where I actually cried again, where I let out tears, which is hilarious because I'm tearing up in this podcast. You're like, are you sure you weren't emotional? (laughs) And it felt so good. This whole point, I was just like, yes, this was the great part of recovery. I was like, oh, it's so good. I'm feeling good. I can do this. Again, so wish I had worked with a dietitian because the next part I'm about to explain would have been so much freaking easier. But then going into my senior year, this is when the bloating hit. And the bloating and the body dysmorphia effed me up. It almost made me go backwards so many times and I continued to move forwards and implement foods and try new things and make sure I was eating enough, but it had me questioning everything because I was bloated every single day. I was in not bloated just with body dysmorphia type of bloating, like, oh, I'm full and I'm uncomfortable because that was the thing about me. I never fully restricted amounts in the same sense. I looked quote unquote normal throughout my whole eating disorder. And that's a whole thing that we could dive into, but... I was convinced I had all these food intolerances, so I was taking things out, and then, you know, I went to a doctor, and they told me I had some, and there were foods that were totally random, not the normal ones you would think about, like tomato or something, and what was the other one that, I can't remember, there was something else that was so random that I had to take out for a while, and and dairy was a trigger for me at the time. I actually think that dairy was really more of a mental thing, to be honest, but I can't go back and know for sure now. But let me tell you, the gut health and the bloating, the constipation, the the constant being stopped up, it is so relentless. And the way that it affects your body image is gnarly. I have so many freaking body checking pictures at this time. And I just, ugh, I don't have them anymore. I've deleted them. But I had so many. And, and when I went through my Snapchat the other day, I because I never go through Snapchat, but I was going through memories for something. I saw all of them, like I hadn't deleted them from them. And I'm just like, ugh, not that they affect me now, but I'm just like, gosh, why do we do this to ourselves? Why do we do all of this body checking? And ugh, it's just the worst. So that really made it tough, but I, I really did want to recover. I didn't want to be in this mindset anymore. I wanted to have freedom. I remember eating all these foods and it made me so happy to have this freedom again. And that's what I continually reminded myself is even when it felt hard because of bloating or because of my body image or because of whatever else, I was so freaking happy. Now, I will say, again, a dietitian would have helped me with this. I was still exercising more than I should have. I was I was so much better than before, but that kept me in the same place. I was like, oh, it's better than before. And I do think I was doing it some for my mental health, but that's not a good excuse. I hear this all the time. It was, it was for a bigger reason. It was for a fear of muscle loss. It was fear of fear of my body changing. It went back to physique. Regardless, I was still really, really proud of myself though, for how far I had come and 
This did continue through my entire senior year of college. So that was 2018 to 2019. And despite the fact that I still did struggle with more restricting, I would say, for food intolerances that I felt I had and that I was told I had because of bloating, I really do feel like I majorly recovered. And then when I went into my dietetic internship, which would have been age 22, July of 2019, I was in a really good place. And at that time is also when I took an extended break from exercise. And it was really, really healing for me. This was when I was I was working and I just was realizing like, I'm tired and I don't always have time to do this. This isn't what I want to spend my energy on. I also want to mention I had switched my account in January of 2019 and that really made me feel like I had more freedom even though I was still talking about things in a way that I don't necessarily condone now because I would still say things like healthy and unhealthy and whatever it was which I do feel like was very much so influenced by my education. It felt a lot more freeing and when I took this exercise break guys oh it changes so so much I can't even tell you Oh, and I do want to say I did stop working with that therapist once I left school because I left University of Arizona, obviously. I went to my dietetic internship at University of Oklahoma, and it it was kind of, it, it just didn't, you can't work with someone outside of there. And, and realistically, I 100% still should have been working with a the therapist, but if you haven't done a dietetic internship or you haven't heard anything about it, like, it's tough. Like, you're literally working full time for no money. I paid for my dietetic internship myself, or should I say my loans that I still am paying off did. So I didn't have anything. I was scraping by every single day or every single month. So, and I'm not saying this like to feel bad for me. I'm just saying it's not a good excuse as to why I didn't do therapy, but that, that was just a reality at the time. But I'm so grateful that I did it at least my senior year. And I would say that throughout this period of time, I finally realized, like, it was okay for my body to change. And my body did change. I lost muscle. I gained weight. And I do, again, want to mention here, just because I feel like it's very important, I am very lucky to still, throughout this process, not be getting all of these comments from society about it. And I know that there's a whole level of fat phobia that can be so hard for other people going through their process. So I never want to take that away, but I won't lie, still struggled with body image thoughts and my mental health, but it it just improved and changed so much. And the real last steps that I had to work through throughout that year were letting go of the food intolerances allowing myself to have dairy, allowing myself to have gluten. I 1000% believe those were made up food intolerances that I had. But then some other foods that I don't want to mention because I don't want people to start to overthink them. And they were really, really random, like vegetables, fruits, stuff like that, that was causing me that type of distress. But here's the thing. There was a time where my body really was reacting to these things and I would get these full-blown face rashes. Like it was pretty wild. But guys, it went away. And I'm not talking the gluten and dairy. I'm talking about these other things. It went away. 
And this was the hardest thing for me. The hardest thing was fear in this phase, not of my body changing anymore, but fear of implementing something that was going to make me feel bad. I have a really strong fear of feeling bad. And that was really tough for me to work through because I'm perfectionistic. I don't want to, I want to avoid that type of feeling as much as I can. But I just started to trust myself and trust my body and add these things in. And as you can imagine, the more that I did it, the easier it got, the better it went. And with the gluten and dairy, it was really just also stripping away that last mindset in that last safety blanket that I was trying to hold on to. And it was, it was amazing. So I would say that by my end of my dietetic internship, even before that, like my whole dietetic internship, I would say was like pulling away those last feelings, those last little tiny bits, right? Recovery goes on for a long time. But then once I got there, I honestly felt so freaking good. And, you know, then it was like that full recovery that I had experienced. And now being in that place for a few years, being in 2022, it is the best feeling I've ever had in my entire life. I am so much more enriched in every single day of my life because I have freedom. I eat all foods with no restrictions at all. And I don't find my worth based off my body. I have that acceptance. And same with exercise. I have taken now, this is a whole nother story, but I've developed issues because of some health issues and autoimmune issues that I'm dealing with where my, and from years of my ED, where I have really bad knee pain. And it's been now since April of 2021, since I have been able to do really any type of workout other than walking in some Pilates. And that was only after like seven months. And how freaking cool is that? To me, is it hard sometimes to feel like I'm very limited? I hate being limited. Yeah, it's hard to feel limited. But honestly, there has been no bigger moment in my life where I felt so proud of myself of like how recovered I am that I'm like, yeah, I can take over a year off of exercising and still trust my body, still not fall into restrictions, still not beat myself up. That to me is like such a testament of my own growth, not to pat myself on the back, but we have to hype ourselves up with this stuff. Like seriously. Now I will say so many people talk about this whole idea of is full recovery possible? And I would say 100% is full recovery is possible. I am a testament to full recovery and I believe that. And I know so many of my clients that are as well, but here's the thing that people get mixed up. When you think about food, exercise, and body image, think of them as a triangle. And what we're trying to do on recovery a triangle with lines all in between it, obviously. Duh. Like, it's a shape. And imagine that there's a dot at each end of the triangle. Imagine that we are pulling that apart in recovery to the point where there are three separate dots that don't tie together. So that if one of those things goes off, you're not going automatically to changing the the other dot. Sometimes people in recovery feel like, or people that are recovered, think that 
to be fully recovered. You should never, ever have a negative thought about your body or your looks again. And guys, this just isn't realistic, okay? Even people that have never, ever, 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 ever in their life struggled with their relationship with food, my boyfriend is a perfect example of this, still have times where they don't feel 100% confident. But that's the thing is that we're not going for confidence or body love. We're just going for acceptance. And acceptance is acceptance for days that we feel good and days that we don't feel as good. So never be hard on yourself if you feel like that's how you are judging or looking at an indication of recovery. Also keep in mind some of the same personality traits characteristics that you may have been feeling are aka perfectionism, aka OCD. And in this case, I mean actual diagnosed OCD. I'm not just saying OCD. Um, those things could still show up in your life, but that doesn't mean they're any longer tied to your ED. So I hope that's helpful. So I get a lot of questions on how I got here. And to be honest, as you can tell, it, it was not the type of journey that I would hope. I always say I don't regret anything, but if I could go back and change something that I know would affect the entire trajectory of my life, it would have been getting help sooner. But something I struggled with is I never felt like I found a program or a person that I really resonated with. With orthorexia and exercise obsession, it was hard to find people that understood me. But even just generally being my age and in college, I didn't feel like I related to a lot of people or there were a lot of people that were out of my budget. Even in college when I had more budget, when I was working and everything. And ultimately, the tools that helped me to do this were all of the things that I put into Live Unrestricted. And if I could go back and do a program like Live Unrestricted, it would have literally transformed my life because it would have taken all these tools that I had to gather and try to use and like scrap for over time and put them into one four-month program. And that is exactly why I did it. Seriously, I'm so passionate about this program because there is nothing more that I could wish than if I had this, and that is why I'm so passionate about helping other people go through it and having this transformation. I've had hundreds of women now go through it, and no one has ever not seen a difference in how it's affected their life, how they feel about their body, their understanding of why this happens, how they feel about exercise, how they feel about food, really just having this freedom It's that feeling when you can wake up and without a thought, have whatever sounds good to you. Maybe that's cereal, maybe that's bagel, maybe that's a donut, maybe it's whatever. And then you eat as much as you want. Maybe that means you leave a few bites on the plate. Maybe that means you eat the whole thing. Maybe it means you eat half. You move on with your day after that without any guilt. You don't think about how you're going to exercise. You don't think about how your body looks. You don't go body check. None of those things. That is what Live Unrestricted brings you. But in all of the elements, and I'm so freaking proud of this program, honestly, and it's hard for me to say that, and I'm working on that, but it's hard for me to be proud of myself and what I've done, but I can't even put into words how much it means to me to continually see these women transform. I almost cry every single time at the end because I'm just so freaking proud. <sighs> we actually have a round of Live Unrestricted coming up. 
So if you are interested, if you resonate with my story, if you resonate with the desire for this transformation to change your life and how you feel, your mental health, the way that you're able to engage in connections, relationships, your job, your school, this is for you. It's it's hard for me to even put in words how much it will change your life. And the thing about the applications too is if you put in an application, which will be linked in the show notes, we'll be very honest with you if it's a, if it's a good fit or not. It, this is an intimate community. This is not for anyone or everyone. We are very particular because we only want people that are ready, first of all. And by the way, you can be ready and nervous or ready and scared. By ready, I mean that you're you're gonna do this. Even with those things, you're going to do it. And we also want people that are the right fit. So we'll tell you, and you have that that comfort before you make that investment in yourself. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast today. I appreciate you giving me the space to tell my story and my journey. It's it's fun for me to get to talk with you guys and I'm loving this podcast so much so far. And if you want to, you can follow me on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. They're all at Mallory J. Page and they're also linked in the show notes. I will see you again next week for another episode of Seems Like Diet Culture. And I think that's all I have for today. Thank you for joining me. I love you guys and have the best rest of your day.